there's so much to Arizona. You have pine yeah. forests and you have high mountains and you have desert and you have red rocks of Sedona. There's so many different places here. And it's not everyone's like, oh, Arizona, it's a dry heat. It's like, no, it's not all of Arizona. Plus, we it's been raining here all summer. <laughs> so wow. In, wow. In the desert, you know, it's like we Good get monsoon. Golly. And it's yeah. hot and humid and pouring rain. Like, it's completely, it's the coolest place. I absolutely love yeah. it. Hey, well, hello, friends. It has been a hot minute or a hot month. And uh, we are back for another episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness with your host, Greggy. Uh, things got busy, like really busy. And it has been quite a while since I last recorded. It has been on my to-do list for a while. And a lot of stuff happened, like spring cleanup, like cleanup, cleanup, like thunderstorms, like summer coming in the middle of April, uh, truck getting wet, truck getting really wet. Anyways, lots of things. So haven't had an episode for a while. And here we are today. What is new and exciting? Mm, very summery up here. It uh, got warm pretty fast in the coots, which was awesome. And it melted all the snow really fast in the coots. So we almost got a lake out here, which is gorgeous. And we got fish in the lake. And we're hoping summer is here. Had a fire nearby. That fire's out. So super happy we did all the fire mitigation stuff that we do. Summer's on its way. Very excited for that. Hmm. What else have we got going on? Not a ton of new and exciting things. Some weird experiences. Lots of great nature time. A lot of elk sightings lately. Elk is all about stamina. We may uh, do a little reading about that in the next episode. And I was thinking about doing a story time today. Because I realized I've had all these ridiculous things have happened to me in my life. And why not share them? Because once upon a time, they were back on an old blog that I had, which I don't know if the internet ate it, uh, if it just disappears, if it's out there somewhere in internet archives. I'm sure everyone's aware that stuff is changing or being rephrased, and a lot of things that happened in the past didn't happen in the past, according to what the current stuff says. So maybe it's out there. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Maybe you see through it. Maybe you don't. <clears throat> But anyway, we're going to start off today with a story because it's a story that happened to me traveling and actually had several variations of this happen. Um, yeah, later on in my life. Um, note to self. So it'll be a lesson with a moral because those are good things. And we can all take this as a learning experience because it definitely was a learning experience for me. And who knows? Uh, Lots of people are traveling again. Um, prices seem to be much higher, and there's much less selection and availability of things. But people are flying, people are traveling and getting out and returning to normal life. And um, we are never going to see anything ridiculous like we just saw for the past little while. So, pow, here we go. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I was out hiking with a friend in the mountains near Colorado Springs on the weekend. We had a great hike, came to a beautiful viewpoint, and like many spots in any forest, probably in the world, I would say, 
Uh, as we got to where we were going to look around, we discovered that there was a shit ton of uh, shell casings. A lot of brass, uh, for anyone that's not familiar, doesn't speak that lingo, uh, that meant that were a lot of empty bullets there. The bullets were shot out. This was the casings that hold bullets for firearms. There's a whole variety of them from 22 to 45. <laughs> some rifle shells, some shotgun slugs. Uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, and lo and behold, my friend and I don't like to see that when we're out in the bush or out hiking. And I had a plastic grocery bag in my backpack. So I repurposed that from holding all of the snacks to being a trash bag. We spent about half an hour out there just wandering around the area that we could see, picking up 22s, picking up 12 gauge, 20 gauge shotguns, 45s, 9 mils, all kinds of fun things like that. And uh, just filled that bag up and I put it into my backpack. Once that bag was full, I uh, started just jamming stuff anywhere else in my backpack that it would fit, and then I would deal with it by throwing it into the garbage when I got back to Denver. So there we go. They filled up my back backpack in the water bottle pockets in that little, and didn't put them in the brain, but put them in a little like bike helmety expandable pack at the back there. Um, and that was that. Finished off our hike, had a had a great adventure, uh, went and saw my friend's horse, went for a burger and beer after the hike, and um, that was it. As we uh, got to the, the brewery, I thought I took everything out of my backpack. I got the bag out, I went through what I thought was most of the pockets, and uh, everything was out of the backpack, hunky-dory. Turns out I thought wrong. The next weekend, I was flying to Phoenix to visit my friends. And I'm sure everyone's aware of what a colossal pain in the ass it is to go through security. And uh, in my sweep to get all of the stuff that lives in my backpack out of my backpack, because some people don't like it on airplanes, um, made sure I got the batteries, the knife, the other knife, the other other knife, uh, tent peg, water bottles, hand sanitizer, all out of my backpack. However, it did not cross my mind to wash my backpack. So there I am at the airport, and I've gone going through the security line, and uh, I don't go through those little scanner machines. I ask for the pat-down. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can uh, look into it yourself to just do a search for those machines and what they're associated with, and uh, maybe you'll comprehend my viewpoint. <clears throat> so I requested the pat-down, and uh, I had plenty of extra time. I always do this. Super easy. Stand aside, wait, get the pat down, point out your stuff, they look at your stuff, you're good to go. Normally. So everything was going smooth. I was at the airport early, got parked, rode the back when the bus was super cheap in the uh, the long-term parking in Denver was super cheap. Um, got parked, got to security faster than usual, going through and doing my thing and requested the pat down and uh, got a super friendly security screener. We were just there chatting, did the pat down, joked about it, uh, nothing was amiss. And then the last thing they do is they just take a little swipe of your backpack. Yeah, that was great. So they did the swipe, and he put the little paper into the machine, and it beeped. And he said, huh, 
And I said, what's up? And he's like, that's not good. And then they grabbed another swab. And he swiped. And he put it in the machine. And it beeped. That was not good. And I said, what's the deal? And the guy said, well, it says E14. And I was like, what does E14 mean? And uh, if you can read between the lines, you can probably imagine, based on the story I've told and the letter E, what E14 is. Explosive number 14. Uh, they didn't tell me that. The dude just said, uh, well, it means I have to get my supervisor. And I thought, oh, shit. So the supervisor came over, said hello, asked what was going on, looked at the screen. Uh, didn't bother me at all. I knew there was nothing in there. And you know, maybe I'd be in the line for a bit. No big deal. But um, inconvenient. And I wasn't freaking out. And I wasn't getting angry. I was chatting politely with the TSA dude. Uh, the supervisor asked me if I knew what E14 was. And I said no. And then he said, what have I been doing before? And then I kind of clued in. I was like, wait, last weekend we were out hiking and we put a whole bunch of spent brass into my backpack. And I did not clean up that backpack. And I bet there's some residue. And there was. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you know, I'd already been through the, my bag went through the x-ray machine. Everything else was good. It just had the residue on it. So after explaining my story to the supervisor and the original dude and another supervisor, it seemed like it was all okay. But the supervisor went and walked away. And I was like, well, that's not a good thing. So, eventually the supervisor came back, but we got to have a secondary screening in private. So, it's pretty much the same thing as the first one. I got to walk with someone else carrying all my stuff in this little tiny room in the back, and I got the pat down, and I got the swipe down, and they swiped my hands, and they swiped my leg, and they swiped my carry-on, and they tested everything, and nothing was there. And to me, I'm still not thinking this is that big of a deal. But who knows? And who knows because there's not really any accountability for anyone out there. So strange. Imagine that. Uh, but anyways, I didn't do anything wrong. So I was just hanging out there waiting. And it did cross my mind that if I hadn't asked for the pat down, this would not have been an issue whatsoever. So... Anyways, there you have it. But we're in there, and I'm just waiting for everything. But it was kind of cool because I was still talking to the original TSA guy, and we are actually having a great conversation about different hiking trails and places we'd been and all that. And actually, the, the supervisor was pretty cool, too. He was, you know, just kind of there doing his thing. It, I didn't think it was a big deal, didn't freak out. Um, and that was that. And uh, well, we're going through everything. Like, oh, where are you going? What are you going down for? Oh, are you going to Arizona? Are you going to the Grand Canyon? Ooh, whoop-de-doo. Um, turns out that the supervisor and his wife spent their honeymoon where I grew up. So, and then they go back every few years. So that was kind of funny. Just a, a small world type situation where um, all that. He was asking me all the cool stuff he should go check out or, you know, what things I would personally recommend he could go and do. Because turns out he also liked the outdoors. So, you know, situation that went from, hey, this is great. Hey, this could be going terrible to, hey, this is great. 
all, well, it wasn't the blink of an eye. It was a decent amount of time, but it was an amount of time. So pat down goes well. Stuff swipes. Stuff swipes. It doesn't beep this time. So now I am free to go on board my plane. And uh, that actually worked out because I almost missed that flight. Not quite, but almost missed that flight. So might be something to think about if you are someone who goes out and does forest beautification by removing <sighs> spent ammunition. Uh, just be aware if you do go fly that that residue can stay on things. So you might want to consider washing a pack or scrubbing it or something um, in case you do find yourself going through security and getting into a nice interrogation that you didn't have written down on your itinerary for the day. Hey, it worked out. I had that experience. I can laugh about it years later. I could laugh about it by the time I landed in Phoenix and talked to my friends. I was laughing about it as I was getting on my Southwest flight, talking to the people who sat beside me. But you never know. So, you know, if this might help out one person who's heading out there, going to have an adventure, then uh, it was probably worth it for me to share that story. And uh, <laughs> the funny part is that is not the only time I have had an issue um, going through airports. So uh, we're going to take a little break here. I'm going to try and find the cow as the interlude. And then uh, we're going <laughs> to hear about the next time that happened to me. Because apparently I just have a knack for uh, crazy situations manifesting, showing up for me. I don't know. We should probably do an episode one day, just the wisdom of the wilderness of um, how do you create your life? How do you create uh, fun and adventure or uh, what can at least be conceived of or perceived as adventure? But until then, friends, there is a, a beach that needs to be tended to, and uh, I need to go put my bare feet in it to ground for a little bit. So uh, we'll be back shortly with part two of Adventures in Flying. And that was part one. So we are now back recording later with another Adventures in Airport story. And yeah, this one uh, manages to somehow top the previous one. So you're welcome. You are learning all kinds of fun things that I learned the hard way. So hooray. But anyways, so there I was. Uh, I used to work in downtown Danvers. I used to work out at the uh, downtown Denver YMCA probably still my favorite gym ever oh no wait i went to a cool like country club style one in arizona this year scratch that uh the favorite one that i paid for and um went to regularly uh and i was there same time same place uh same exact stuff pretty much every day um knew everyone else who got to the gym at five in the morning because you're kind of crazy some level of awesomeness to do that and one day there was a new person um who eventually became a good friend of mine uh but she was new that day and eventually we struck up a conversation and made a new friend um and uh, that became my routine so i would uh get to the gym at five and then hop on the stair mill and do uh an hour and a half on the stair mill sometimes with my weight vest um and that was cool and i'd uh Beyond that, beside my friend, we'd chat for a while, we'd listen to our tunes for a while, or I'd read my book for a while, then we'd chat for a while, uh, just way to get the comp, not the competition, way to pass the time. 
and uh, got talking to her. She was entering uh, physique competitions. And um, oftentimes I would hear her talk about her diet and her workout and what was going on at work, but mostly her diet. And uh, a lot of times it was about what the meals would be after competition because it was quite a restrictive diet. Uh, if memory serves, carbs were not very common. So it would sound like a lot of chicken and broccoli. Um, but it was really cool for me because I was eating whatever I felt like at the time. And um, her face would light up when she was talking about her favorite foods and what she would have after her competition. So why this is important, because uh, she was telling me one day that she was able to add peanut butter to her regimen, and that uh, was very exciting for her. And then she told me about this amazing new product, which was powdered peanut butter. Uh, the original one, PB2, peanut butter without the fat. So she got the peanut flavor without all the calories, because she was on a calorie-restricted diet. And uh, she did lose a lot of weight. Uh, she got ripped and uh, did quite well in the competition but this powdered peanut butter i was intrigued so i decided to give it the old college try back at that point you had to go online and i bought a four pack that came in those kind of coffee sealed bags one pounders of powdered peanut butter figured it'd be pretty good uh to have one at work when i'd have second breakfast when i got to work um figured i'd have one keep it in my car or my food box or going camping because it's a great way to add stuff to oatmeal, uh, made some cookies with it. You know, it was just really cool stuff. So I eventually got there. It was thrilled. I got to try it. It tasted delicious and it was a lot more convenient than me going to the store and then biking with jars of Adam's peanut butter in my backpack. Um, nothing to break. Taste was great. And, uh, it just uh, dissolved and spread around. It worked great with the uh, protein powder that I was using. So anyways, uh, when I bought the four pack, I figured I'd use some and then I was uh, heading back to Vancouver. So I'd uh, bring one with me. And there you have it. Uh, lo and behold, the weekend to fly home arrived, had everything ready to go, uh, left work and um, drove out to DIA to fly home. And uh, at that point, I was flying a lot. I had a really good schedule um, with work and with um, that that part of everything. Uh, flights were cheap back then. On Southwest, you could spend like 49 bucks and fly to Arizona. It was 49 each way. Anyways, it was really, really cheap. And uh, I got to travel a bunch and see some cool things. So um I was familiar enough that I knew the ins and outs of where to go at that airport and had my little tricks I'd use to get through security faster or know where to go where the lines are lower. Um, those I'm, I'm sure have long changed and or people shared them on the interwebs. So now everybody knows them. I also haven't flown to Denver for I don't even know how many years. Seven or eight at least. Seven, I think. Uh, anyways, not important. Um, but there we were. So um, I had all my stuff organized. I had the little stuff that you pull out uh, in the brain of the backpack. A uh, laptop was stored somewhere different to get through security so that I would be efficient getting through security because I don't like waiting and I don't like waiting around in airports. Um, this trip was no different. It was good to go. Had everything ready and uh, had the PB2 in there. 
So uh, Thursday morning, I figured it'd be super quiet at the airport. And uh, I learned the hard way, don't go in the family travel line like ever because uh, it takes forever. And uh, you had your choice of stuff. And I was like, I've traveled a lot. I've actually, this is my third flight in the month. So um, I went to the business traveler lane and uh, knew all the things that were going to be happening through security. So got through there, Swiss Army Knife was off my keychain, all that other fun stuff. I was good to go. And uh, as always, if you were astutely listening earlier, uh, I request the pat down because um, you can do your own research on what those body scans are associated with and um, the lack of uh, controlled studies about them. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, I did the same routine as usual, uh, requested the pat down, waited until the agent was available, and then uh, went around the scanner. Um, normally you would, uh, point out which of the plastic tubs are yours. They bring them over. They look at them, chat for a bit, and then, uh, have your pat down and you're gone. But, um, yeah, the, uh, x-ray scanner wasn't moving and there was a progressively larger lineup of people, uh, many of whom were business travelers in their business traveling outfits so they could go to their business meetings and be important business people, uh, looking very annoyed. And I also noticed that my bags were nowhere to be seen. And they were on trays and went into the machine. Um, Yeah. So um, when the dude came up to do the pat down for me, he just asked me to punch out my bags and uh, they go over. And um, I pointed to them. And, um, yeah, the one bag wasn't there. Uh, so he walked over to the x-ray machine to find out what was going on. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Whatever. Maybe there was some water in my pack I forgot about. Nothing seemed amiss to me. So that was all right. But, uh, also it was pretty easy to realize there's a lot of anger and hatred being directed towards me from the people in line and a number of inappropriate comments um for the entire two minutes this had taken but you know everybody's got their things so um i was kind of out of earshot of what was going on there but i happened to hear the word supervisor and then i thought oh that may not be so great so uh the chase guy who was gonna do the pat down came back and said that uh he'd be doing the pat down but um he had to wait till they get my bag out of the machine and I said, oh, is there a problem with my bag? And uh, the response was, I don't know, but they need to get a supervisor. Uh, and I asked if there's anything in my duffel that um, might cause it to be stuck in the bat, in the x-ray scanner. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Went through all the contents of my head and didn't have anything that might show up as an explosive or something else. Um, I was like, well, maybe I left a liquid or like maybe I had my little Leatherman tool was in there, but I'm pretty sure I went through everything last night and again this morning. Um, be that. So like I said, the people were annoyed. I was trying to figure it out. Uh, not this time, another security lane actually opened and they moved all the people from the business travel lane to a different security lane. So I was like, well, this is really interesting now. What on earth is going on? Um, to the point that like my bag, like other bags were taken off of the scanner and like carried over by TSA people. And I was now in the now closed security lane all by myself. 
Uh, and that was fantastic. So uh, eventually the supervisor showed up. And like at this point, I'm super intrigued. The TSA pat down guy's kind of curious. And uh, now there's a supervisor coming. So he came over and he asked, you know, do you know why your bag might be held up? And I was like, well, no, I mean, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And I was like, well, I have some powdered peanut butter. And it seemed absolutely normal to me. And I presume that because I was into all these crazy dietary things back then, everybody was. That was a poor assumption to make, friends. Lesson learned. Do not make an assumption like that. Um, so, uh, again, I said, hey, I got this powdered peanut butter. It's going to come home with me. Going to give it to my friends to try. Um, maybe, I don't know why it might show up. It's peanut butter but it's in a vacuum sealed bag, like a coffee bag. And I know sometimes coffee sets stuff off in things. So he then asked again what the stuff was. And I said, well, it's powdered peanut butter. That's peanut butter. And they press the oil out of it and then they pulverize it and it becomes a powder. And then you have it. And my friend does this and she's in physique competitions and she's told me to try it. And the guy looked really puzzled, but he went back over to the scanner and took another look. Uh, and I was still sitting there, you know, waiting as usual. And uh, supervisor talked to the x-ray dude uh, and then came back. Um, and uh, <laughs> then I got told that, well, I could, I'm still going to get the pat down. They're going to do the pat down for me. And we could finally start that now. But uh, they couldn't move my bag until the explosives expert arrived. And I said, what? <laughs> my powdered peanut butter is explosive? I did not know that when I bought that. So uh, that was quite curious. So uh, the original TSA pat-down dude uh, took me over to the pat-down area, and we went through the standard thing, and you, you know, do this, do this, so I'm going to touch this, I'm going to put my hands here, yeah, nothing goes wrong. And uh, that was fine. But um, my duffel was still in the security line, which was now closed. Uh, and like at this point, like 20 or so minutes had gone by, maybe even 25. And to the point that the TSA guys are like, so where is whatever the dude's name was? Who's the explosives expert? Cause we can't do anything till this guy gets here. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm still chatting with the security guy. The supervisor was much less impressed. Uh, another 10 or 15 minutes went by and then, um, this guy arrived and, if anyone's ever like kind of paid attention to things or had has had friends in the military or just is really practiced or you know can read people uh you know just know someone's ex-military this guy was just ex-military didn't have to talk to him i just knew and uh that was explosive expert so uh he came up to talk to the the TSA again, the supervisor politely nodded at me and then they all had a little powwow and went over the extra machine. And then he came back and asked me about, you know, what might be in there? Hmm. Well, the only thing I think of, sir, is powdered peanut butter. What's powdered peanut butter? So, um, he actually, it was kind of cool. He actually knew what the stuff was because turns out he had friends who were bodybuilders that use it. And he was like, Oh, that would make sense. This stuff's in this bag. It's very clearly labeled PB2 powdered peanut butter. Um, don't know why they couldn't open it up or why I couldn't open it up and show it to them. But whatever. You know, these are questions you're not allowed to ask. And um, he wasn't familiar with everything about it, but he knew from his friends that there were all these products like that that existed. 
and uh, asked me a few more questions about my trip, blah, blah, blah. And they went back to the scanner. And there was some more conferring. He looked at it, and then he walked over, and he had my bag in his hand. And uh, he put it near the pat-down area. Uh, and he said, well, wasn't much more they could do in the actual x-ray machine, so he was going to perform an inspection of it on himself. And uh, he then... <laughs> had to remove every item from inside my pack individually. Couldn't just like reach a hand in and slide stuff out or like lift it upside down and stuff would go. It had to be like one by one, everything out of my pack. Uh, and then they all got to get individually explosives tested where they wiped a little swab on it and put it in the machine. Um, so that took a while. And then uh, you know, left the PB2 for last. So... Um, Got out, and then I uh, started taking photos of it. Photos from this angle, photos from this angle, swiped the top, swiped it with his gloves, swiped the gloves on the detector, and did that. Uh, everything went into the machine, and uh, it came out clean. So he said, well, hey, it looks good. Uh, you know, it's, it's probably not a good idea to keep it on your carry-on if you fly with it again, but, um, you know, it looks good. It just shows up differently on the x-ray thing and the way it shows up looks like things that could be potential incendiary and or explosive devices. So I learned that uh, the hard way as usual, but you know, that's uh, okay. We're going to actually uh, do some uh, conscious languaging and say, I used to learn things the hard way, but now I no longer do that. Now I learn easily. Uh, so all told, after all of that, uh, hanging around there, all the snide remarks from people who were annoyed and took out their annoyance on me, um, all the information, I'm sure there was some type of report about it and multiple forms had to be filed in triplicate and one sent to Washington and who knows what else, but uh, I still got to my Southwest gate before my flight left, even with all of that stuff going. Uh, and uh, I did find it kind of funny or ironic that um i got to the boarding area and got on the plane at the same time as a few of the people who had made um comments toward me in the security line when uh, my bags were in there so um you know you if you are someone who might uh, be inclined to that just remember that you know is it worth it uh does it does it gain you anything? Because it really didn't. It just meant there were people that I wanted absolutely nothing to, to do with um, on the plane. So the moral of the story after all of this is always know what you're bringing along when you go through airport security. Because um, things can happen sometimes and the best of intentions can sometimes go after I, as I think it was Robbie Burns said, into a mouse or a louse. Or eh, maybe some other problem. I should probably have researched that before I said it. But anyways, um, I remember like politeness and kindness and friendliness really, really go a long way. If you're going to be a dick to security people, they're probably going to be a dick back to you. Um, if you're going to be a dick to customer service folks, they're potentially, but maybe not always going to be a dick back to you, but they will remember that you were a dick to them. Um, so, you know, maybe consider it being polite and kind and friendly because uh, that really can make things go so much easier and be so much more fun and make what's a potentially... You know, that could have been uh, an experience that caused anxiety or panic or all these other things that potentially could happen. Um, 
And I wasn't argumentative. I was not vague. I didn't change my story. I didn't make something up. I was like, this is what's there. This is what's happening. Might as well make the best of the situation because, you know, that's what I do. So, um, yeah, that is the uh, the adventures in airports um, that I've had. Uh, there is a third adventure in airport security, but I think I'm going to save that one. Um, cause this too has been a, a pretty decent amount. Um, we're just, no, nah, we're just going to save it. Just going to save it. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, for anyone who's out there who might be finding himself hopping on an airplane for the first time in a long time, um, for someone, yeah, who's maybe getting on their first flight, first international flight, uh, first flight somewhere else, even, you know, there's a lot of stuff to consider and, uh, important, especially if you're flying into other corporations, I mean, countries, um, that um to be aware of you know what you can and can't bring in or uh what the things are that deal with that i don't know when i flew to australia they are very strict on food and any type of plant and or a lot of things um that you know being in north america um don't have as as much of an issue uh, at the same time it was freaking awesome flying in australia because you don't have to deal with any of the bullshit about water bottles being empty or anything like that it was like hey mate get on the plane like it's water no big deal um so there you go that uh that part i i really really enjoyed but uh definitely got uh had another experience with security in australia because i had uh brought a swiss army knife with me in my checked luggage and uh that um yeah you never know so uh, anyways, I could ramble for a while about travel stories, but it really doesn't serve a purpose other than entertaining me and hopefully entertaining you. So uh, I'm going to end this one here today. It's uh, threatening the thunderstorm again, but it has been nice and warm. Had a nice, nice long run uh, the day I recorded part two of this. Um, that was fantastic. I actually got charged by an angry bull in the middle of the forest. So that was a little bit of a lively experience earlier this morning um yeah note to self bulls are out uh grazing in the forest so uh be aware because uh they are kind of territorial and uh lucky things could have gone sideways could have potentially gone sideways but uh we're all good so that is all good and i was here to record this episode today and hit the publish button and uh probably sneak off to bed in advance of this thunderstorm so uh until the next episode friends thank you so much for listening would super duper appreciate it if you can drop me a review on apple podcasts uh five star rating on uh, whichever podcast platform you're listening to that really helps me out helps me get listeners and uh Tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, share an episode with a friend, a coworker, um, family member, child, spouse. And um, if you're curious to be on the podcast, you've got a good idea, shoot me a message. Uh, find me on Instagram at Cactus Moose or uh, through the links in the write-up off of the uh, podcast platform we've got. All right, friends. Thank you very much. We'll catch you on another episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. And thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, friends. It is always fun for me to record these, and I do hope you get a lot out of them. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your hairdresser, the guy at the restaurant, uh, wherever you're going. 
I do my best to research these and give a lot of good information. And there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from hearing the stories and also having that perspective shift that can come along with, with listening. As well, if you get a chance, I do encourage you. It really helps me out if you can leave a five-star review at the podcast platform you're listening to, as well as maybe even write something. So uh, yeah, if you get a chance, please do that. I prefer Apple Podcasts is how I list the things, but I know that uh, Stitcher's out there, Spotify's out there, Google Play or Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of them. So if you get a chance, please do drop a five-star rating and leave a review. That would be fantastic. And with that, have a wonderful day, friends. We will catch you on the next episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness.